a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast Show. This is the Minneapolis Supercross Race Review with myself, Steve Mathis, and Weege and JT. Lots to talk about when it comes to this weekend and lots to talk about when it comes to fly racing, flyracing.com. We went there this weekend, met a bunch of dealers. It was really cool to, to see you guys. And, uh, yeah, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Uh, their gear is out, and it is fantastic, and whether it's the BOA system that's on their Evo line or the light hydrogen line or even the other uh, Rockstar dish lines of gear. Whatever it is, flyracing.com will have you covered. And we want to thank the folks at Maxis. AJ Canzaro making the main event with Maxis Tires on MXSTs, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath. Uh, please check them out, whether it's your mountain bike, your light truck, or trailer, or your dirt bike, MXSTs, available now for you. And also to Alpine Stars, Alpine Stars protects Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. And I think if you looked at it real closely and saw the way they were made, you would agree. Uh, Bionic Neck Support System, A1 chest protector, A4 chest protector, Tech 7s, the boot of choice for me. I love Tech 7s. Fit like a glove, man. Uh, Alpine Stars Protects. You know the name. You know the quality they stand for. So, all right, let's get into Minneapolis and everything that happened, which is a bunch with uh, Weege and JT. Thanks for listening, everybody. And now, as promised, let's get into Minneapolis and all that happened. And there's plenty to talk about when it comes to Minneapolis Supercross, Monster Energy AMA Supercross Round 6. With me on the line from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. They've just released a new formula helmet, and they are very stoked. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not much. Just uh, back in the West Cold uh, environment in Boise. I don't think I've ever – I know you were laughing at me because I thought it was unbelievably cold this weekend, but I've never been in cold weather like that before. I don't understand you people. Like, I don't get it. Like, dude, you're not going to – you people? Well, all of these people from in the industry that wanted to tell me how they thought they were going to die. I'm going to die. You know, like we've just, never been in cold weather that cold before. It, it's fine. Sorry, we're you not. Just, we're not from Manitoba. Just dress for it. It's fine. Um, you didn't dress for it at all. Yeah, because I was fine. It's mind over matter, dude. No, it's not. You can literally die, and you, your body cannot sustain life in temperatures that cold. Like it will kill you. Not if you think. Not if you think it's warm. It's fine. That's that's absolutely not true. That's literally the worst scientific answer I've ever heard. Uh, also on the line from Racer X, Racer X Online, my boss, my roommate this weekend because he didn't didn't get a bed somehow in a hotel room. Uh, Jason Wygan, what's up, Weege? Yeah, it was really cold. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're just... ridiculous, dude. You cannot. Friday night. It was actually. I'd say Saturday when we left the the stadium. Oddly, at like midnight, it actually was bearable. 
but it was out of hand. Friday was out of hand. I agree. I, I agree with that. Friday was <laughs> Friday was not not okay. Saturday night, I was actually yeah. walking to my car, and it was like, okay, it's really cold. Like, don't get me wrong, like, it's really cold, but it yep. wasn't like Friday where I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this much longer outside on Friday. <laughs> God, it was cold Friday. It was. Um, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, it, but uh, but for the record, I just want everyone to know, Steve. Yep, shorts and a hoodie. Yeah. Shorts and a hoodie. hoodie. I did. You did not even bring a jacket. I wish I had brought a toque. I do wish I had brought a toque. I don't know what that means. The top, my ears were getting chilly for sure. I would have liked a toque. But other than that, I'm fine. Um, All right. Yeah, lots to talk about when it comes to Minneapolis. But for real, though, like I understand stadium rentals is a complicated business. And I understand, you know, these things don't always work out. I just with with one tenant in that stadium with the Vikings and not playing, they're done. Why February? Like I I get it, it's tough and who knows what the whole thing is. It just seems to me that's a bad idea. I mean, the, you think you think that April is going to be a safe bet? Better than February. I know. I'm 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 obviously kidding somewhat, but last year was the worst snowstorm I've ever been in, and it was you know when was that? It should have been it fine. March? Was it March? Last year? I think it was April. Was it April? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It just, like, uh, I just, you know, the trucks couldn't park on Friday because the lot needed to be cleared of snow, and it's, it's it's so they had to do press day, so one team had to rent a box truck to bring their trucks down. Other teams couldn't park until later on. Like, it just seems like, hey, we, we got to move this race. And again, who knows, stadium rentals, all that kind of stuff, but uh, uh, not a good idea for for February in Minneapolis. That's all. You know, we got to. We... It's a tough. It's a tough event. I think any time of the year, there's no parking, there's nowhere to put the trucks, there's no pits, there's no anything. Right. Like it's any time of the year, it would be difficult. And and once you get inside, don't get me wrong, it, that is a beautiful stadium. They always get a great turnout. We always seem to get good racing there. Uh, but outside of that, man, it's a difficult race for for everyone to to kind of pull off. I thought that the crowd was light. I was surprised. I think it's so. I think it's deceiving. I haven't seen the numbers, but it's it's so big. It holds like seventy thousand. So I could be wrong, but I always I always get deceived by those stadiums because they can be uh, less than full looking and still turn in a pretty decent number just because of the sheer right, size right, of it. Right. So we always joke about forty-seven thousand press release for whatever yeah, that's worth. That's, that's a that good solid like, crowd. If that's the yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was funny. We were guessing, and and I said somewhere in the forties. I was I was hoping for the fifties, and I said somewhere. So that makes sense. I mean, it's, yeah, typical. Yeah, forty-seven thousand. Huh? Huh? Funny. All right. Um, we always joke about Weech trying to save Racer X money, and, and he doesn't get a room Saturday nights. He goes right to the hotel, right to the airports. A lot of times, just stays there, and he's a zombie. And he Ubered from one airport to another. For one of the Anaheim rounds to save money on a rental car, JT, did you ever hear yep. that story? Did you, did you hear that one? No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, a rental car was a little cheaper at another airport, so he got in an Uber, Ubered to another airport to go rent a car at the other airport. Like, how much? How much could you possibly save though that an Uber would be? It worked out. Yeah, I think the price difference is Anaheim too. I think it saved me sixty bucks, and the Uber cost me like twenty, so I'd save forty dollars. JT, try not to don't, try not to throw your yeah. phone right now. Try not to throw your phone. Forty dollars in in hassle is worth much more to me. I, I, yeah. So, I, I'm, we're going to let it go because we just operating on a diff, operating on a different plane than all of us with that. 
but <laughs> that's ridiculous. So we always joke about like Davey coming in and you know whatever, like not caring because he's the owner of the company and you know expenses are expenses. But we just grinding away here. Uh, we you were supposed <laughs> to stay with Davey this weekend, um, and Davey just said, "Well, I, it's so weird. No one know like oh. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like I go to races. They tell me that's my main job is to go to races, and then." Davey's going to Minneapolis, and I'm like, hey, can I stay with Davey? They're like, well, we only got him a room, one bed. And I'm like, okay, I just, okay. So that's, All right, so, I'll so, figure something out. Yeah, so what you do then is you just book a room for yourself, another room. Right, JT? That is. Just well, they told me how expensive the room he had was, and I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. Can't okay, do that. so... You, yeah. up, you, yeah. you hit me up. I got an extra bed in my room. You stay with me all weekend. No problem. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So you, you're saving money, right? Yes. Saving money. Didn't rent a car this weekend. Took yep. the, uh, the a train goes right from the stadium to the airport and vice versa. Yep. Two dollars each way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to rent a car. So I'm like, okay, I'm down to no rental car, no hotel for the weekend. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> um, stay in my room one of these other weekends. Right, I'll pay you back. Right, right. We were looking good. So, <laughs> so at some point, JT hits me up. Uh, him and Chad Reed are friends again. JT, you're like, do you want to come to dinner Friday night with Chad and then Dan Truman? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It sounds good. Have a good time. I'm glad you, you guys have mended fences and everything's good. Then Weed, you're like, "What are you doing?" We're like, "We're going to dinner." You're like, "Can I come?" And I'm like, oh, "Ruth, Chris, man, it's pretty expensive." But you decided to come out, and then Davey said he's coming, and we end up. Then it was cool. We got a table. Davey, you, me, Chad, Dan, Randy Valade from uh, from Answer, and uh, JT, of course. And um, very nice, JT. Uh, the bill came, and. Yeah, Davey uh, Davey Coombs, owner of the uh, the magazine that mm-hmm. three of us worked for, mm-hmm. and obviously he is uh, a man of uh, very many talents. And yeah, he he paid for our dinner, which was awesome. Yep, paid for which the I think we each probably had a coronary. Paid for the whole dinner, at Ruth, Chris, all he of did. us there. There goes all your money you saved, well, I guess, the whole year. The whole year. Yeah, well, JT saw how much JT was sitting next to Davey, so he knows how much the actual bill was, and I'm sure you folks know. Most people listening know of Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and how expensive that is. Um, but JT actually saw the figure, and I can tell you the money I saved the company by not going to <laughs> Oakland and San Diego. Two entire and, weekends of travel was that bill right there. And, and JT, like the whole walk back to the hotel, he's talking about how, you know, just Davey, Davey you know, all the money he saved, he's gone in that dinner, he's got to get back to zero, he's got to keep working, <laughs> he's got to keep grinding. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you think, JT, for one second – Davey will, you know, care or notice or anything. It was just a business dinner for Racer X. Chad, we're just, yeah. we just making all that possible, though. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh. You guys should be thanking me. The whole time it was a debate over, man, we're going to go to Ruth's Chris, how much money we're going to spend. That's awfully pricey. I'm the one that brought Davey into the fold. I got us all a free dinner. So you, you guys need to thank me. Right. Yeah, you did. I'm very okay with it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, I. I sat. I mean, we already have a Reed Ruth Chris controversy from a few years ago. <laughs> there was no controversy. We already have a controversy from a few years ago, so I was that was fresh on my mind, wondering what was going to happen. And when he sat down and ordered crab cakes and calamari, I'm like, "Here we go again! Here we go again!" <laughs> and uh, but I was like, "Screw it!" I had the, the the waitress is like, "We have a steak and lobster sale on. The lobster is basically free with this price," and, and she was right. Like it was almost the same. So I, I did steak and lobster and a salad, and I'm like, you know what? I'll just I I spared no expense is what I'm getting at with this dinner because I didn't know who was paying. I didn't really care. I was just I'm gonna do it, and so we all went big. I think, you know, for the oh, dinner, yeah, you know. So yep, 
I didn't do the lobster option. I don't know why I didn't do it, though. Right. So I should have. Right. And at various points, JT, by the way, I was trying to get Chad a Formula Helmet to try. That didn't go well. No. He didn't seem yeah. like he wanted to. Then then the answer guy, Valade, I said, I'll get him one. He can try it. <laughs> you saw how hard I was pumping the new Formula Helmet. I'm very impressed you were. with it. And I, you were. I, you know, I'm very impressed with that. I've ridden it twice, and I just feel like it's my job to tell everybody, including sponsored riders from other companies and people who work at other companies that make helmets. So, You know, speaking of VIP programs that we talk about all the time on here, mm-hmm. This is a very, very expensive meal, but I think there are tons of fans out there that would have been glad to pick up the tab to have dinner with Chad Reed and David Coons. Oh, I agree, right? Yeah. Oh, I, and I that is a power dinner. Well. That is a power dinner. I think with you two as well, you guys may have more pull than, than one of those two, I think, honestly. Should we sell this maybe? Should we do this kind of deal? You, you buy us a super expensive dinner and we'll just hang out. <laughs> People offer you to buy you dinner all the time, Steve, and you turn them down. They do. That's true. They true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so it started off started off with a good evening. Freeze, Ruth, Chris, and we and but Weege couldn't even take the free meal because now it just weighed on him, and now he's got to get back to work starting this weekend in Dallas, say, get, making that making that deficit back up. Good luck. Well, Weege. I got a plan. I'm uh, I'm I'm flying into Dallas actually on Saturday morning because uh, it's really early and it's a short flight. I, I can be there well before you know I can be at the stadium nine o'clock ish, which is the time anyone would get there anyway. Mm-hmm. So. At that point, I mean, do I need a hotel at all the entire weekend? <laughs> just we, and we have our guy uh, Trent, our advertising guy, will be there, so I can have him pick me up at the airport, so I don't need a car. So there's a possibility of zero expenses besides the flight, which again is well, very low price. I'm sure Dave, yeah. you'll be working hard just like you to try to, <laughs> to do the well, same. I think do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we his life chasing Davies expenditures, it's going to be a miserable existence. <laughs> well, I think he's going to try, though. I think he's going to try. I think, <laughs> I think he, we should be like, all right, game on. Game on, Davey. <laughs> I wish you the best. It's going to be like, good. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's going to be like matching Stu. It's going to be like seeing what Stu did in a lap time. Right. And being like, all right, right. I got I to gotta right. take a few tents out. So- so all those rando fans that David will buy dinner for at different points this year, you got to beat all yes. that. You, you know, we right. David just invited some people <laughs> over at one point, right? Uh, last year or something. You said just some random. Oh yeah, yeah. We had a story of uh, last year. I think it was Anaheim one. Uh, we went to some restaurant, four or five of us from the company, and then like uh, four women who had no, probably didn't even know what a dirt bike looks like came in, and they were at the table next to us, and we just started, "Hey, where are you from? What are you doing out here?" And the next thing you know, like. And we're not, we're not, like, hitting on these ladies, by the way. These are, like, four, like, 50-year-old ladies. Yeah. And we start talking about our kids and their grandkids, and the next thing you know, we're all at one table, and I think Davey picked up the tab for everybody. <laughs> there was no business involvement here whatsoever. These right. people didn't know anything about dirt bike. Oh, Weege, you, that, that probably <laughs> took you three months, Weege, to make that up. Well, the only thing that got me through it was one owned a taco shop in, like, Huntington Beach, and anytime we can get free tacos now. So, see, it all paid off. <laughs> Great. Um, all right, Minneapolis, uh, good good time. So the big thing from San Diego, obviously, the Lime Gate and everything else. Uh, I was on a group text started by another rider. There's like 40 of us on there. And uh, I don't know, somehow these guys, they want to get together. They wanted to meet. They, they agreed to meet um, Saturday morning. And, you know, Feld, obviously, to their credit, went around and offered a bunch of people $5,000 for their – Issues with the line. We've covered that extensively. A lot of guys aren't taking it. A lot of guys wanted more money. 
So they were banding up on this group text, and I threw my ten, my three cents in there, uh, advice wise. And, and but they got a meeting with Dave Prater and Mike Mewey, who uh, who helped run Supercross on Saturday morning, and somehow we we wander in there um, to to the meeting, and 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 the riders are there, and. I think they were a little disappointed, though there wasn't more of them, Weege, that, that, that who showed up. But the, JT, I mean, you know, this is this is what these guys do. It's very very hard to um, to get everybody on the same page. And so the meeting started. We got kicked out, and which rightfully so, by the way. We don't, you know, the riders and the the powers that be at Supercross don't need any media there. Uh, Anton was there, as also Don Maeda too. So, but I don't think they really got much done, JT. And then that's 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 not to be that's not surprising. Yeah, you just hope that the and that initial conversation leads to more conversation and something good comes from it. And I don't really have a side in it. You know, I think it's a, a very slippery slope uh, for where this will go. Uh, but hopefully, just something positive comes from it. What, what that is, I don't know. You know, I think Feld has their interests that they're going to protect, and the riders have issues that they want to address. And I think there will be some very hard conversations at some point if that continues. So it'll be interesting, but it's a, it's a good first step anyway. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh... Yeah, we kind of ended up in there on accident almost. We saw seven dudes deuce in the hallway, and we're like, hey, we heard something about a meeting or something, and he's like, it's happening right in here, walk on in. And then Don Maed is in there already videoing it. And I was like, man, that's – Yeah. And, and just so people understand, like – the reason media shouldn't be in there right now, like everybody's just going to be honest, right? Like the riders are going to want to be honest with the promoter. The promoter is going to want to be honest with the riders. They shouldn't be worried about what the public perception of these initial conversations should be. They shouldn't be worried about us leaking it to the public. This is between the riders and them for now. And they had already said that they would have a different session with us in the media, which they did later in the day. So, yeah, we – I guess you could say we got kicked out, but I even said to you, Steve, I'm like, I think we should go. Yeah. yeah. Like when the failed guys came in, I'm like, okay, this is going to get real. They don't need to be worried about a third party in here. This is between the riders and yeah. them. So we, we left. But I, I will say it was worth going just for the comedy of <laughs> Chad Reed. Right, right. Chad showed up. Good job for him. Coop showed yeah. up. Good job to him, you know. Yeah. And, um, but Chad, Chad's but, been down this route road before, and uh, – mm-hmm expressed it to me about how, you know, whatever. Like he basically he's just I think his attitude is a little bit like screw you guys. I've been talking about this stuff for a long time and I'm you know, he's the veteran of the sport and and now I mean but he still showed up, but I don't know if he was having yep. it too much, uh Weege. I don't know if he was having having the meeting too much. No, I think he was almost there to critique like if I've been in this situation before, I know how difficult it is to make it work cuz it hasn't worked before and I can tell you this isn't getting it done. Yeah, you know there were maybe ten or twelve riders there, but that's not a ton. And he and Cooper were the only factory guys. But anyway, in case people are wondering, I don't think, as we found out throughout the weekend, both the little bit we saw of that meeting and then the media session that we had a few hours later, it is not the riders trying to have some sort of union, and everyone's trying desperately to not have lawyers be involved from either side. That was one of the first things that the privateer guys said in this meeting was, we don't want this to become a lawyer thing. Obviously, Feld doesn't either. So I don't want to make this more dramatic than it, than it is. I think really it is they just want to have, well, I think they want more than $5,000, some of them, for starters. Yeah. But not $50,000, maybe like ten or seven. Not, you know, they want a million-dollar payout. And uh, I think they just want a better way to communicate if there's other issues, uh, which, as the Feld folks pointed out to us later in the day, they're actually quite happy uh, to have that. You know, if you want to have meetings about ruts and jumps faces and 
things like that or whatever, parking. I don't know what the issues would be. I mean, you could probably guess a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, I think they're open to that. So, yeah, I think, JT, you might be right. I think this might actually lead to that. No one is trying to turn this into lawsuits or unions or anything uh, like that. They probably want a few couple thousand more dollars for their bikes last week and just more communication, which everyone admits probably could be better. And I always say that costs zero dollars, so let's do it. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, so as 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 you said, we each, we we met with the Feld guys, gathered all the uh, media people together, and uh, we met them after practice. They wanted to tell us, you know, things that they this very proactive, by the way, very proactive, very proactive. Yes, they, very proactive. I mean, they took that meeting with the riders. They didn't take it like against their own will. Like they were happy to do it with the riders, and I think they were happy to have the thing with us. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so they yeah. came out and they basically said, "Hey, this is what happened." This is how the you know the lime went, the lime situation. The EPA came out, tested the soil. They're fine with the EPA. You know nothing, nothing to do there. They said, um, you know they'll they'll deal with. They have not been called by lawyers. Yeah. which I think we all thought there was. Oh, it's about to get legal big time. Yeah. Last, Monday and Tuesday last week, they said they didn't. That didn't happen. Yeah, or hasn't one happened of, so one far. Of, one of the media yeah. guys was on them about putting out a late statement. I'm like, what? I don't think it's a late statement. It was Tuesday. I mean, what do you? You know, everyone gets back to work Monday. They reviewed it. They put out a statement Tuesday evening. You know, I, yeah. I was fine with that. I don't. I don't think it was a delayed yeah. response. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting for sure. They, um, you know, kind of said, "Here's what the deal is." So JT, they suspended the use of all lime, right? Which I, I mean, I, 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 whatever the lime is needed in the track, and they've never screwed it mm-hmm. up this bad in all these years. And I asked them about Detroit. I'm like, "Are you guys worried about Detroit?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah, we really are." And one of the guys uh, at Feld said, well, we suspended it for now. It did make it sound, J- or Weege, that you know, right now they suspended it, but in, in a week when they learn more and, and avoid this situation from happening again, they could throw a line back in the track because, JT, they were worried about Detroit. They, they flat out said that. Like, we're worried. If they we should be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think Detroit. I think Atlanta. I think Indy. I mean, all these are February and March. That's, it's going to be bad weather. We've seen really cold weather and lots of snow going on all of you know the eastern seaboard i would be i would be very concerned um i don't know you know it's such a sensitive topic right now like what's their recourse what are they going to do you know i I don't think they have an answer for that right now they're they're, i think their hands are tied as far as it's such a bad pr move to reintroduce lime right now but to build the best racetrack and, and safest racetrack i i hesitate to use the word safest but the best surface condition for racing you need it you need to use it that's why they've used it for 20 years or 30 years or whatever the addition of lime to these series has made tracks so much better than they used to be so you know yeah it's it's been a it's been a good thing for racing and and you want to talk about dangerous uh not using lime don't use lime and drag your pegs up the faces of jumps i mean it's 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 that's an alternative to to not using lime so yeah i mean i've raced you know in the late 90s even when they were using lime and it was so unbelievably scary on some of the racetracks i mean you were leaving triple faces like not knowing what was going to happen and go back and watch videos of mikhail pashan stepping over the bars in atlanta 96 um go back and watch bradshaw at indy 92 and those are those are just off the top of my head of incidences where that's just foot peg drag because the, the dirt's too soft yep uh and lime lime's come along you know there's as bad as it was in San Diego, the the reason we don't see stupid like stuff like that happen is because they've gotten a lot better at drying the track out, yeah. and, and Lime is a part of that. They've been very proactive, JT, with the meetings with the riders on Saturday, the meetings with the media, the press release, the offering of money. 
Yeah, good job for those guys. Well, I think it's in everybody's best interest to have the happiest athletes and the best PR coming out of people's social media. I mean, that's a a really powerful. Um, it can be a, it can be a tool for for Feld to be able to use to um, engage with the riders, or it can be a very negative thing liability on their end to have riders you know speaking out negatively about the series. So I think they have to they have to do everything they can to further that relationship, not make it worse. And I haven't watched the broadcast yet, but Dave Prater went on there, I guess, to talk about it as well. I mean, you know, that's that's a good thing. That's a good job by those guys. So, yeah, it'll be uh, – yeah. it's interesting. We um, – and then I think they're going to meet with the media more, thanks to my suggestion. Well, one a shocking thing that came out of this was uh, the level of respect uh, that you showed toward them and they showed toward you. I think you were the most vocal person at this – media session, but in a good way. You complimented them a lot. Um, everyone, including themselves, agreed that the old regime, and I think what we mean by that is Supercross pre-owned by Feld, probably wouldn't have handled this as well. So you complimented them on that, and they pretty much agreed. <laughs> well, that, and you do too, right? I mean, I wasn't... I wasn't oh, everyone, yeah, yeah. 10 or 15 years ago, I don't think... Well, I mean, I think it's been exactly 10 years now of Feld. 15 years ago, let's say. Um, a lot of the at-the-races people are the exact same people, so that part's the same. But I do feel there was an air of intimidation from the top um, yeah. that I guess is not there. But none of us really knew. Like there hasn't been any roundtables or communication or conversations at all. So we didn't really know what yeah. what would happen when something went sideways. Would they just be like, ah, who cares? Or would they be like, no, we do care and we're going to explain this to you and what do you need to know? Let's help. So that was refreshing for all of us. You told them that. And I could not believe the head of Feld PR globally said he listened to the Pulp Show on Monday night and he thought you were very fair. Yeah. yeah, I, I, It was incredible. I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, he, was, he was actually quite happy. Like, he sought you and I out. The Racer X coverage and Pulp Show he thought was very good. I mean, I'm not an animal. <laughs> I'm not a, a raving lunatic who just yells and screams. I mean, I think I, you know, I have some opinions, clearly, but... You know, when when I think I call it like I see it, and if it's a good thing, I call that. I don't know. It's just funny. People have this perception, right? Oh, there's that guy. He's just yelling and screaming. He's just an, he's just an animal. Put a put a Hannibal Lecter mask on him and wheel him out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. so it works for the overarching point I'm making here. It works in both directions. Like it's good for them to get in front of us, but it's probably yeah. good for us to get in front of them and be like, dude, we're not attack yeah. dogs. Yeah. Like, we understand you guys messed up, but we're not crucifying you for that. It's You've run Lyme in probably 700 races, and you messed it up once. You, it, it, what the heck happened? You didn't intend to do this. We get it. We didn't attack them. They didn't attack us. So, yeah. And it might happen with the riders in those meetings they want to start having with them, too. Yeah. You know? yep. JT, I even asked about the tickle thing. Um, you know, I said, can we ask something yeah. else? And they're like, yeah. And so I said, like, what's going on with Brock Tickle? So he should know really soon there's been a change of leadership at the FIM. There's been people that they, they basically said without saying that they feel there was, you know, a bias towards the American series and American riders, and there's new people in charge, and that they feel like it's going to be streamlined and the AMA is going to work with them on having a, um, you know, uniform sort of response and everything else. So, um, yeah. Anyways. Um, there, were there any any other, like, impressive or really uh, insightful questions to ask? Uh Weech? There was one. <laughs> yeah. 
There was one. I felt it was slightly off topic. I don't know, if Steve, if you would agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really came out of nowhere. I felt it really came out of. Yeah, I, out I of thought everybody was asking relevant things, and then one media outlet uh, that's known by a three-letter abbreviation. They like to type their social media in all capital letters. Um, they just had to start talking two strokes. Yeah. Yep. Just, that's the only thing they know. Yep. The uh, they were asked. Uh, they asked Feld. Uh, the cost of racing since we've gone away from two strokes is very high. What's going on to do this? And uh, you probably guess which which outlet asked that. And uh, we're just like, oh my god. So yep. I'm just like, wow. I mean, yeah, I get that. And there are many fans probably nodding their heads in agreement with that right now. But it's just like, whoa, we're bringing this. Like, what is this? Ain't gonna get really handled today. Right. Yeah, we're not really diving into the two-stroke and four-stroke debate right now. You know, it seems like one side has won. You know, that doesn't look good for going back. Seeing us three OEMs. What? That's a that's a relevant question. Oh, okay, all right. They had they had an open forum. Why not take the opportunity? Yeah, yeah, all right. I, you know what, JT? I, most of the people listening to this right now are probably agreeing with you and them and thinking that Mathis and I are jerks. So, good point. Yep. Uh, yep. All right. Let's. Uh, yep. Anything else? Oh, at some point we're under press. We're, in we're the, under Dallas. Well, well, no, no, no. I, I talk about the racing itself. We we were in the press box and <laughs> uh, Ryan Gold was up there from Guaranteed MX because FXR had a big launch, so a lot of media was in town for that. And Nicoletti was there. Phil, Filthy Phil was there hanging out, and some fan invited us to his suite instead of his burgers and soft pretzels on Twitter. So we that immediately we, we had to go. We, we, you know, we, we immediately tried to find the suite. It took a long time. We watched the LCQ from some guy's suite. He got us coffee and, uh, and some drinks, and there was no burgers or soft pretzels anywhere. I was really bummed out, Weege, but we did get so You guys went to two, two suites, two suites during the night, and got food in both. It's impressive. Well, JT, we actually passed the fly suite for a second time trying to find this dude's suite. Yeah, so, oh yeah, yeah. I we can't went, even keep track. We went to the fly suite. I took three of those brownies, wrapped them in in, um, in uh, paper towels, and brought them to the to the people in the press box. And I was like the brownie fairy. And then and, and I, I gave one to Galdi and one to Phil. And then um, and, and then Kay Clayson was very upset that I and then I ate one. And then Kay Clayson was there. I said I didn't bring him one. And I was like, I'll go, I'll go back and get you another brownie. So JT, if you get a bill for Someone's like, hey, we never even saw the brownies. That's where they were. They were in my pocket. In, in, in. Yeah, you're giving them all to our competition. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. FXR, great launch. Here's some brownies and fly. <laughs> here's, some awesome. brownies. here's some fly brownies. Um, so, anyways, uh, a good time. I'm sure so, that's just what Craig had in mind. Right, right. What um, What was his name? The guy, the sweet guy? He was from He was from English Town. He, he raced English Town. Uh, Mike Nash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't. He yeah, might as well Nash. He couldn't vouch yeah, he for your. Yeah, he's a big Phil fan. Yeah, he couldn't vouch for your flagging though. No, no, it was it was really one of the most fun weekends I've had in quite some time. I mean, so much between these meetings and the Lyme situation and going to dinner with Chad and Davey and and of, of course you guys and and Truman and Belade and then yeah, our group in the press box was just boxes phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yep. And really, it's the animal that you two have created in part with Pulp MX Fantasy. I mean, it's. It's completely changed <laughs> the way races are watched. The two fifty the two fifty LCQ was 
unbelievable again, JT, for, for if you're playing fantasy, <laughs> picking some of these guys. It, it was, was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was right up there with East Rutherford last year. It's far, I like, okay, the, the riders weren't as well known. And yeah. There wasn't the backstory of Tedder and how ridiculous his comments were in that story and all of that. But just on a pure action level, it was the perfect, perfect infomercial for what Supercross should yeah. be to the casual fan. Yeah, it was. Marshall Weldon ran over, well, four guys ran over a guy up the face of a finish. I mean, Joey Crown tried to make it a sole case for Nets all by himself. <laughs> he sent it over. Oh, it was. Some of us had Jace Pennington. Wayne Shaw got run over so bad. Yeah, yes. yeah. Did you see that in slow motion? Yeah. Marshall Wilson oh. ran over him. Like, and, well, and then I, it, I would be probably should press charges. And then, well, and then everyone else ran him over too. They were just running him over. It's just, it it's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, it's like a stampede. Right, right. And uh, guys were like, oh, it was insane. It was nuts. So we watched the LCQs down there, seven deuce deuce, and uh, in the four fifties also made us very upset. Um, so yeah, it is a little bit of Pulp Mix fantasy for sure. But thanks to that sweet guy, it was it was awesome. And then Fly bought us burgers earlier at the dealer appreciation thing. We each like we were killing it, killing it. Very expensive. So got the brownies from the sweet. Got Mike, yeah, Mike and drinks. Oh yeah, it was a good good weekend for that. So, um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, it was a good race. It was a great race. Um, again, Cooper Webb won his third race. Roxton gets the red plate. Uh, four guys within two points after six rounds is fantastic. I, I was seeing some criticisms of the track online, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, everyone was kind of doing the same thing. It, it was closely related to the Glendale layout, but I, I had no problem with it. I mean, the racing was good. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what these guys wanted. If You can't, you can't really have a super difficult track and close racing because mistakes are made and guys get separated. So I see the people saying, like, oh, you can't pass. You can't pass anywhere. And Kenny was stuck behind Savachi for God knows how long. And, and Webb was stuck behind Savachi for a while. So I get it, but I don't know. I thought it was a great race, JT. Over All in all, I thought it was a great race. Yeah, it was. I think you know the only part of it that could have been better is if those guys could have got around Savachi sooner once, once Webb made his move. Yeah. Uh, if if those guys had all kind of freight trained around Savachi all at once, I think we could have been in for an all timer. Uh, because uh, you know, no no slide against Savachi. He rode incredibly well. He was the fastest qualifier. But I think once Webb got him, I think it was a matter of time before those guys got him, and it kind of sucked the air out of the the battle. Him and, and to his credit, he was able to hold Roxon and Bag and those guys off for a while. But, man, if they could have all gotten him at once and then set off together, I think it would have really – it really, you know, we had we had the potential of something special there. Yeah, if if they all – Coop rode great, fully deserves full marks for the win. But if, if they had all yep. gotten out front, Roxon could have won, Baggett could have won, Marv was on it. Like, yeah, you, you probably have a point there because um, – Yeah, just, just as a pure fan – and I really didn't care who won. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Blake win, obviously, but I was more interested in watching a good race. As a fan, I was bummed that those guys. I was bummed that Cooper got away because mm-hmm. I, I just, I knew that Roxon had more in the tank and Baggett was kind of biding his time. But 
Cooper got that gap, and then it was kind of over. You know, as as much as it was building, then it was just kind of overall within like two laps. Yeah, it's tough, Weech, to criticize Savachi because he, like JT said, fastest qualifier, led laps, first laps of his career, first qualifier of his career, and, and he was on it. So it's hard to sit here and criticize him, but he was holding guys up. He, he really was, And but that's the race. The race includes the, the, the whole shot. I've always said that when it comes to Freeze and, and Alessi. That's a skill, and, and Joey got it and everything else. And, again, it's tough to criticize him, but, yeah, he was holding guys up near the end when he, or mid, midway on, you know. Yeah, it was like a, a small percentage of hold up. Like, we've definitely seen where it's like you have no business being up there. It was like he was just a tick off maybe of what those guys could have done if he wasn't there so it wasn't like unbelievably blatant but I also feel we're seeing everybody this year and maybe this is why the points are so close like so many of these dudes have blown it so many times by making one mistake early in the season mm-hmm. I think they're all just a little less anxious uh, to you know try to make something happen that, that could potentially go wrong I mean Roxon can talk about it to the end of his days. You know, if he had not done something with Cooper Webb in one race last year, his whole life could be different right now. Um, I, so I think a lot of these races are like, everybody's like, dude, just if it's a 50-50, take the, take the cautious route. So I think that's even a little bit of a factor, too. And it's working because unlike most seasons, it's unfortunate Baggett went out, uh, but we're getting most of these guys all being consistent enough to actually stay in the points and not screw it up with one big mistake. So I think that all was a factor. It is weird, though. While we're watching the race with this group we had in the press box, we were all freaking out. You know, it was four dudes all over each other. It was awesome. It was fun to watch, I thought. And then people were actually interpreting my tweets about that as I was being sarcastic because they weren't passing each other. Yeah. I don't know what you folks want. Like, yeah, I don't that know either. Was not good enough. You had four dudes in the same corner for the first half of the race. I thought that was fine. That was not good enough. Sheesh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. It was. It was. It was great. So, yeah. Webb wins his third race of the year, and uh, I guess JT is just a guy now. He's just a guy. He's just. We're just. We're just like, hey, how, how does Roxon, Tomac, Webb, Marvin looking, and all of that? Like, that's just where we're at now. He's a guy. Yeah, I think he's he's firmly planting himself in that elite group. I mean, he's got the most wins. Uh, I saw a text from an industry uh, member that I will go and name, but he, his text said something like, we just have to accept the fact that Cooper Webb is the best 450 Supercross rider right now. Mm. And I don't know that I'm there yet. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I there yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and I respect this guy that wrote this, but I don't know that I agree just yet. Um, I, I think he's been incredibly surprising and impressive and everything, uh, but it's early, man. It's it's not even halfway. Uh, we only we're one race into the East Coast series, uh, so there's a lot of racing left to do. But I will say, I mean, he's he's handled pressure. He's he's won. He's had to, he's made last corner passes. I mean, he's he's done it every way that there is to do it. He does. Uh, you go back to his eight. Go ahead. What? No, I just go ahead. Yeah. You go back to his A1 ride where he came from last to fifth. I mean, he, he's done it all the way there is to do it, from the back, from the front. Uh, so good good on him. Um, but having said all that, we got a long way to go. So um, I just love the fact that we don't know who's going to win every time. And you look at the points and everybody's still in it. And this thing is so wide open. And, and I don't know the last time I couldn't tell you when it's been like this. I mean, 
man, I, I can remember three people being in the mix, you know, 06. But to have four guys within, what, two points? I don't know that I've ever seen that. I'm sure it's happened, but not yeah. that I can remember right off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure either. He doesn't even seem that excited anymore when he wins, Coop. He's like, yeah, it was a good race. You know, I'm happy to be here. He's got three wins to his teammates zero, you know, and uh, it was a yeah, bu- I, building year for him. Yeah, I think I think this is what he expected moving up two years ago. And he's always been – I don't want to use the word cocky because that has such a negative connotation to it, but I, he's always been self-confident to where he thinks he should be able to beat anybody out there. And, yeah, it's been a rough couple of years, but I think he's back – where he's in that same frame of mind he was on a 250, where he, if he's not winning, then he's wondering why he's not winning. So, yeah, I, I agree. He doesn't seem like over the moon about it, but I just feel like coming out of the 250, I feel I think this is where he expected to jump right into, and, and he's there now. Did you see a moment, JT? And I asked, uh, I asked Roxon this in the press conference. Did you see a moment where he could have got Joey? If he was a little more aggressive, I really didn't. Uh, he m- might have been something out there I missed. I don't know if he ever got close enough to where I was like, "Oh, Ken, you missed it. You missed that chance." But he really needed to get by him right away. Well, you know the the tricky thing about that track was there were opportunities. Uh, the turn after the finish line, he had opportunities, but with the way the track shaped up, there were a lot of ninety degree turns, which make it impossible to pass in those sections. But then in the 180s, the the corners had deep ruts in them. And when a rider commits to a rut like that, if you're going to make a block pass in a corner with a rut where the rider has to commit to the rut and they can't really change their line, you basically have to commit to a full-on takeout pass. Like you have to Mm -hmm. commit to contact and say, probably this guy's probably going to crash because those ruts don't allow the rider to maneuver or change his line you know, significantly last second. Yeah. Like if he sees, if he doesn't realize Kenny's coming for a block pass and all of a sudden he's got to change lines to avoid Kenny, he can't because he's locked into this rut. So it really does change the way you have to go about passing. And I just don't think Kenny was willing to go in and say, okay, I got to knock this guy down because well, I think that's what it was going to take to make a move sooner. While that left corner that he's talking about, Weege, Kenny kept blowing that rhythm section. It would take him a lap and a half to make it back up. Because it was like one of those things where you're like, what are you doing? Like he was trying to either, you know, get in tight or whatever. And he had to wheelie and then double and he couldn't quite do it. And it would be so frustrating for him. I'm sure he was pretty pissed off in his head. You're talking about the rhythm after the finish? Yeah. Yeah, the left. After the left. Yeah, yeah. And really the only reason Webb was able to make the move was because he was close there and Joey ended up over jumping the trip a little bit and blowing the corner and I mean Webb only passed him because he forced him to make a mistake and gave him an opening yep. I mean he never yep. found a way to drive it in there either but again I, I just feel like if you're Kenny if it's a 50-50 shot we're going to go in this corner and make contact at this stage of the season I think he's just not going to do that mm-hmm. and if that means he finishes second again I mean dude this is the most overdue win we've maybe <laughs> ever seen ever I'm literally. But he still has the red plate, and he's still standing. So I, I think he has to say, you know what, that sucked, but it was still probably the right move. We've been trying to make plans for him to come on the Pulp Show, and I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been, he, you know, he's like, hey, yeah, I'll do the show, and then I've been waiting for him to win, to get him on, and I'm just like, all right, yeah. I'm just like, I'm gonna have to just get him on. I just, sorry, bud, you didn't win. I, I, I got. You've got to, you've got to think that. You know, last year, okay, last year's season was ended because of an overly aggressive move against Cooper Webb. 
So exactly somewhere, right. Yeah. Somewhere in his psyche that has to play a role. Like, Hey, okay, I'm going to, if I can make a move, you know, all right, I got to get by one of these guys somewhere, but well, this whole season can be wrecked if I make the wrong choice here. Yeah. And, and he's got so the red I, plate. He's got the red plate for yeah, his, yeah. for his choices, you know? Yep, I fully agree with Weege is that he's he's choosing caution. As, as long as he's at the front and staying on the podium, if, if the opportunity presents itself, he's taking it. But if it doesn't, he's not going to force it because he knows and he's lived through those consequences. Was Marvin's heat race maybe the weirdest race of the year <laughs> out of anybody like that we've seen? He, he fell, he fell again, he got eighth. It was just like, meltdown. what's going on, right? I don't know. Um but Marv rode really well. He came up from the back a little bit to get third. Baggett rode great. Baggett was all over Kenny at times, and then Baggett went over the bars. And it was funny, like, he goes over the bars, gets up semi-quickly, and just walks off. Like, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> just one of those, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not coming out of this one. So, uh, bummer for Baggett, for sure. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, he was right there. I mean, he was every yeah. bit as good. Um as any of the other dudes, as Webb or, or Roxon or Kenny or um, right. Marvin, he was just as good as them. It just unfortunately didn't work. Yeah, did you see Forrest's, yeah. Forrest Butler's team owner's uh, Instagram, JT? Uh, I saw, but I couldn't even interpret what he was trying to say. Yeah, okay, that was, that was what, do you know what he was trying to say? No. So no, you don't? I cannot figure it out. It was hieroglyphics or maybe a different language. I was confused. JT, uh, did you see it? No, I, I did you, not. You can it. be a Forrest whisperer a little bit. You know this man very well. Yeah, I, I have not seen it yet, and I wasn't in a position to really see it yet. So Okay, so he said, uh, had another podium battle with six laps to go. Uh, when the tracks are that easy and one-lined, I, as a team owner, stand in the manager's tower with a lump in my throat, watching the runaway top group, as I know every dang time the tracks are like this. One of them is going going down or make a, or make a mistake. Reason being, it is the only way to make a pass. The weather crap from last week makes me sick to my stomach. Riders coming out of the woodwork smelling green. I don't know what that means. Um, most, yeah. What? Sorry, I did. I did read this. Oh, um, I don't know what is he, is he upset? Is he is he mad about it? Uh, he says sorry about the fans. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Forrest Forrest has a unique way of communicating at times. Um, okay. I think he was. I think the the biggest point of it was that when the track is really easy, which this track was, I think. To a rider, everyone that walked it and, and track walker was at press day was like, man, it's super basic. Other than the ruts, the ruts obviously added a level of difficulty. I think the riders are forced to override the track a bit to, because it is so easy, and they push too almost too hard because they're trying to get every ounce out of the track. Uh, and then you see crashes. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying, is that the easy tracks force these guys to – to override the track because it is there, it doesn't meet their skill level at all, and you see some some big get-offs. Whether that's right, right or wrong or anything, I, I think yeah. that's the point he was trying. Well, to make. Baggett to me just you know drug his pegs, hit, took the wrong rut, went over the bars. Well, like, yeah, that's not I overriding he, the track. You know, that's that's a mistake. I think he rushed it a bit because you really had to you had to wheelie and then drive off of that lip and then clear the gap. Right. right. Well, these guys are so good that they can kind of cheat a little bit. And when I say cheat, they don't have to be perfect and they can almost kind of blitz through it at times on a 450. and they can save a 10th of a second. If they kind of blitz through that and get across, well, the problem is, is if you blitz blitz a little bit and you cheat and you don't get the good drive, 
And if you also let your front end drop and then you also come up short, which is all the things that Blake did, mm-hmm. it's going to go very poorly. Um, if any of those things don't happen, if you clear the gap and your front end's low, okay, no problem. If you don't, don't let your front end drop and you case it, then you still don't crash. But if you do all of those things, then you're going to crash really hard, which is exactly what Blake did. So I think uh, kind of the point was there is he was just pushing a little bit too hard in a section where, right. yeah, it could go really badly if, if you make all those mistakes. So we talked about Savachi a little bit, and you got fourth, and it was a great race for Joey Savachi. And, yeah, I think – I mean, obviously, look, he missed a race with a, with a crash. He crashed out of another one. So, you know, there's been ups and downs, but so far, after six rounds, Joey's fourth, and he qualified fastest, and it's not the first time he's been on top or close to the top. To me, Weege, this is already good. This is all good for Joey Savacci. Yeah, it's been a great season, really. He's had a couple messed up results, like obviously the bike problem when he was momentarily in second uh, in Oakland, and then he missed a race with a concussion. He could have been better in the Triple Crown at a – a3, but I think he crashed late in the third race. He might have been top five there. Yep. And as we said, the overall point score for him isn't really what matters this year. He's just got to show potential. Like, okay, let me I ask think you, he's showing potential probably let me ask you this. maybe even a little more quickly or maybe even beyond what the standard that they probably set for him is. This is, this is good. And he won the heat race uh, earlier in the year. He was fastest in qualifying. Like, how much more do you want? Let me ask you this. Been, been much more impressive than Plessinger. We'd all agree, right? You know what? That is an excellent point. And who was predicting that? Thank you. Nobody. Right. JT, you agree? Nobody. Better, more impressive than Plessinger? Rookie year? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, man, he's had some really tough results on paper. But if you look at just kind of the wow factor and what he's done on the track, I think you have to give it to him. Weege more impressive than Hill? <laughs> yeah, and I think he's got Zacco covered, too. So, okay. All right. Congratulations. You know what's right. weird? <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know what's weird is yep. we haven't seen a real breakout moment from Plessinger at all. Nope. No. Nope. I mean, nothing. He's not been a good. good. Start, he's not been a good qualifying time. Yeah. He's been good. That's it. Yeah. 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 There's been no flash whatsoever. No. no. Um. I thought I was I was trying to get the ball. I didn't see Hill crash last week. To, to knock himself out of the only one practice last week in San Diego. And I was like, where did he crash? I watched the whole practice. I don't remember seeing anything or nothing. And he'll just said he bottomed out. <laughs> I've never heard of ribs injury from bottoming out. But that's where Is we're it at. not related to the crash they had the previous week, which was gnarly. I mean, they did yeah. still race the main and everything, but that was a gnarly crash. Yeah, in uh, Oakland, yes. Oakland, yeah. yeah. So is it related to that? I don't, I don't know. know. Um. So Joey rode well. Tomac, bad start for Eli and and just could never get it going. I was watching and waiting. I would look back. I'd be like, where's he at? He's slowly working his way through Dean and Chad and Barsha. But, I mean. He, it was so tough to pass, man. Yeah. He, I, I was watching him, and he just, there was just nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. He was six, six at the end of the night. Um, I watched him off the start exclu- I don't, extensively. I don't know why. I just focused on him off the start. He didn't get a great jump. Dean was next to him. Dean got ahead of him, moved his bars over. That was all she wrote right there. So, Yep. Um, yeah, so Tomac sixth. Uh, Brayton fifth, which is uh, which is good. Weed, you're happy about that? You want a heat? You're stoked on that? Well, remember, he didn't even get to race last weekend. Wait, did he, he was, win a heat? Uh, he won a heat. 
Didn't he? Yeah, he won the yeah, heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, that great battle, so you had Savachi leading, and then Baggett, Roxon, Webb, and Muskan right there, but he wasn't too far off of that. He was ahead of Marv. Marv did get him. Yeah. Uh, and I guess with this track, maybe it's hard to say. Like, if you're staying close to that pack, maybe it's the track is keeping everyone somewhat close. But I was a bit surprised he got dropped as quick as he did, to be honest, when Marv got him. Once Marv got him. Yeah, yeah. once Marv got him, you know, so... Yeah, but considering that he didn't even race last week's main event with the thumb injury, yep. I thought winning the heat and getting fifth, and which I think is his best he, of the year, right? He missed the practice. So, yeah. Yeah, they had a yeah, bike I, issue, I, right? Yeah, they had bike issue, so. Yeah, so I think he he and the team probably take that all day long, considering, um, I mean, he was hurt last week. Reed rode well, I thought, JT. Kind of worked his way up from, like, uh, I think he was, like, 12th or 13th. Got a seventh, kind of slowly chipped away at those guys. I mean, I think when Chad Reed can catch and pass Dean Wilson and Justin Barsha, he's doing a good thing. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, he uh, he probably is not in love with seventh place, but no. I think the key for him is that he's moving forward. You know, I, I didn't know how that was going to go. You know, if he started 10th or started 15th, which direction is he going? And, yeah, that was a, that was a really solid ride to, like you said, to pass those guys who are, they're legit. Um, I'm sure those guys were frustrated when he passed them. And you know the way he, his mind works. He was very motivated to pass them. So the CBD controversy with Dino came up Friday night a lot with Davey and all of us talking about it. And I couldn't quite figure out where it came from. And then I figured out on Saturday morning, Chad has a sponsor. It's on his helmet. Um, we were talking about it. At, we were talking about that at dinner, too. What? His sponsor? Yes. I missed that part. I was probably deep into a lobster. <laughs> or trying to sell a formula helmet to the answer guy. There you uh, go. All right. Um, Fair enough. But, but honestly, I didn't – I don't – yeah. I, okay, I missed that part. I didn't realize we were talking that he had one. I thought it was just about Dean and, and that sort of controversy and NBC and all of that. So he's got a big sticker on his helmet. It's an outside deal. Why could he run it? What happened? Is it things have changed? I think they – I'm pretty sure, but that they don't have any cannabis affiliation, and that's the that's the difference oh, from okay. what I understand. Okay. I could be wrong. That makes sense. You know, Dean yep. Dean's company uh, Ignite. You know, you go on their social media, and you're just like, really, guys, really? Yeah, really. I think uh, <laughs> from what I know, that's the distinction: is they are just oil more based in cannabis sales, and they also do CBD. Where this other company is strictly CBD, and that's your yeah. okay. That's the the line of that's difference. A, that's a weird situation, why again? I don't know how that's going to play out. But anyway, so did Chad get any yeah, TV it was, time? It was. It probably would have been the talk of the weekend if this were a boring season and we didn't have the Lyme thing last week yeah. and riders' meetings yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. In a normal season, this would have been a much bigger topic, but there's just so much going on right now. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it might have honestly been that just Reed, as you would imagine, was willing to fight a lot harder when yeah. he started getting some friction for having this on his helmet. Yeah, how that would have gone, JT. They would have said, hey, we need you to cover that up, Chad. How would that go? Uh, he told me no matter what, he wasn't covering it up. <laughs> okay, so there we go, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Um, by the way, did you guys notice the parade lap came back? What, yeah, what, what the what, heck? What, what, yeah, I did. Wow. Uh, but once again, for the 100th straight year or 100th straight parade lap, nobody did anything on the parade lap. Nobody did a damn thing. But it was a really tough track to do anything crazy. Like the triple was out of a corner and kind of weird. And then, I mean, I don't know. What are you supposed to do? The, the finish line was right out of a corner, not big. 
I don't know. I guess I you know. could do some sort of small trick, but it wasn't the perfect layout or track to do I, anything the, cool. It's back. Bright Lap is back. Who knew? So they, had they should have got Dungy out there for it. Yeah, really, right? Um, big weekend for privateers, JT. We didn't have uh, Hill. We didn't Seven have this. Se- I don't want to talk about that. But the Cat, Casey Brennan, Cheyenne Harmon, uh, Herline, all in, made their first mains of the year. Or maybe Harmon made another one. Um, but, um, yeah, good, good weekend for privateers. So. I was impressed by uh, by Casey Brennan. I don't know much about him. Be the first to say that, but he rode really well. I, I he kept catching my eye in practice and in qualifying, you know, during the night. And I I was kind of like, who is that? And so good, good for him. That's he, that's how you get noticed and get more help is riding like that. Rides in Oklahoma, I guess. I asked the same thing. I'm like, what's the deal with this guy? He rides in Oklahoma with all yep. those guys. So. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? Who, who's winning this title? Six rounds down. Who's winning the title? Marv, JT? You going with sticking with Marv? Yeah, I switched to Marv. Yep. Man, I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess I'll stick with Marv. I picked Tomac to start the season. I switched to Marv. I think I'll stay with Marv. I don't, I don't know what the hell Tomac's doing with the starts, and I think that's gonna still going to bite him at some point. It already st- has. It bit him this weekend. I'll stick with Tomac. I'm on the Tomac train. Uh, I've been there from the start. I'm on the I'm on the way. Yeah, I have no convi- I have no conviction with Marv. I mean, I'm right. I can see I'm all over the place. <laughs> Your lead pipe block of the week is this the same thing? No, <laughs> no, that's that's a whole different deal altogether. And that's that's not even my bad. That's people with poor record keeping. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Weege, title winner. Well, I picked Anderson, so I'm going to stick with it. Okay, all right, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like his odds. Hey, uh, we we were talking about this on Saturday night. Weech, Barsha's been quiet. Like, obviously, he had the bike problem last week, but it's kind of he quiet. crashed in the main event too. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Okay, Sealy crashed yeah, too. Uh, I believe the corner before the finish. I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, anything else? Four fifty wise. Anything else? Mm, Osborne's back. Is that stamp it? What? Stamp it? He'll be he's back. Uh, I'm yeah I'm I'm very about 100 percent sure he's back for unless he crashes again or something. Okay. Nothing would. All right. Yeah. Uh, that'll be great to see Zach go back. Uh, all right. Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and uh, Alpine Stars. Thanks for listening. Uh, also, too, we're gonna go into the 250s right away, but. FlyRacing.com, please check them out. Formula Helmet out now. Uh, the helmet that I'm trying to get Chad Reed to wear one of these weekends. We'll see. Stay tuned for that. I'm also trying to get it to the answer guy to try out as well, uh, Randy Vallee. So stay tuned for that. But they're very, very proud of the Formula Helmet. And uh, JT, uh, the re- reaction has been very good. It's a high, high-end helmet and uh, low speed. Hey, how, how much okay. How much animosity could you feel in Chad when you were trying to push that helmet on him? Oh, you think? I don't know. I think he realized I was. Oh being... yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I think he felt yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, I don't really ser- seriously expect him to be like. Oh, let me try it. I, I mean. No, but he's. It's. It's. You know, tension with me. That competing brand. There's. Oh, there's a I... lot of. Dude, the last thing I want to do is, is, is fire this. Fire this rival up again. I don't want to do that. So. If, uh, no, 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 yeah. not at all. I'm just saying. There's a lot. There's a lot to that. I can. I can feel it oozing out of him when you were doing that. <laughs> We just, can you imagine like JT and Chad are, are buddies again and they're talking again and then I just ruin everything because uh, then Chad makes a comment about the Formula Helmet and then JT yells at him back and then big scene in Ruth Chris and I'm just like going, ah, oh, shit. I thought <laughs> yeah, it was going to happen. I mean, their snake knives handy. 
There's steak knives everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought maybe Davey and Davey and Chad were going to go too. It there was it was a real pressure cooker at times. Oh, see, I missed that too. I don't know. I was eating my lobster. I didn't really notice any tension. <laughs> well, it was because there was Chad did mention that he had this new sponsor and I think he might have said he kind of said what it is, but he was I think even with us, obviously he's going to deal with us. He has a lot of trust in us, but I think he was he did not want this thing to blow up. You know, this was a Saturday topic, not a Friday topic. Um, but any time he starts talking about sponsorship and asking Davey about true. sponsorship yeah, at the true. races, right. <laughs> the elephant in the room is the 360 flock camera from a couple years ago yeah. where he and Davey got into it yeah. over that. So that was, how about, yes, there were steak knives. Everyone had them ready. How about when Davey was like, hey, come out this summer and do TV? And Chad's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard no. He said, "You got a better chance of seeing me on the bike this summer than being in the booth." I'm like, "Wow, that's that escalated yeah, what, quickly." He, why is he so? And uh, Chad had also said that at one point, Fells reached out to him and said, "Hey, would you want to be TV guy at some point? When, whenever the heck you want to retire?" He's like so adamant that he would never ever want to do that because he would be a terrible surprised. TV guy. He would bag on everybody. That's all he would do. He would just well, be like. <laughs> Terrible by whose standards? I guess. I guess. I mean, he said we were talking the opposite of John Gruden. We, yeah, we were talking about about Alex Martin. He said if he makes the main. And that's what Chad said. Which is like what? <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's the kind of guy he is. It's funny, but um, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Racetech, Racetech dot com. Go there. Suspension and Motors. Ben Lemay running Racetech out there as well. A number of privateers are using Racetech. Use the code Pulp nineteen when you call there. Mention Pulp. Get your motor rebuilt. Get your motor hopped up. Get your suspension oil changed. Show your suspension some love, and it will show you love. So uh, thanks to folks at Racetech dot com. And uh, all right, Fly Racing Racer X podcast two fifty. Let's go. Um, so I tweeted this. I said Forkner is either going to win. Or tenth, or DNF, anyone. Um, he's that fast, JT. He was that good, but he was also sketchy. Yeah, your tweet. I mean, you're. Yeah, of course he's going to get first or tenth or DNF. What? What are? What else did he leave out there? Well, could he just ride a steady race and get thir- get a third? No, that's what I was saying. He just can't get. Well, a third. I mean, he's going to win if he runs a steady race. I think. Well, okay, well, that was my point. Yeah, if he doesn't self destruct, he will get first. Yeah, I, I agree with you for how his day went. Uh, he nailed it in in his racing. Uh, he was so all over the place in practice, so scary to watch. And then the gate dropped twice, and he just killed everybody. Yep. So, I mean, kudos to him for, for pulling it together, but it certainly didn't look like that was going to be the case during the afternoon. I mean, he was. No. You could tell he wanted to be the fastest qualifier so bad yeah. that it was it was causing him to crash his brains out multiple it times. It didn't look like he learned a lot from last year. Now again, no, props, he I pulled even, it off. I even texted that. Yeah, he, yeah, I even texted that. Like, man, he he clearly hasn't matured at all. And then, yeah, he made me look foolish once the gate dropped. But I give him a lot of credit, man. He killed everybody. It wasn't even close. Well, in our preview, I was saying like, and I, you guys agree. I'm not saying this to, to pat myself on the back. Like, he's got the speed to whip off a bunch of wins right now. Weege. He could go. The, he could win the first four rounds. He's the only guy that could do that, I think. Yeah, to to have head and shoulders level speed. Like I feel like everybody else, like the, they might be as fast as Forkner. But if you're only going to pick one guy to be potentially a lot faster than everybody else, I don't know why you'd. Why would you pick anyone else to yeah. be the guy yep. with the potential to do that? Yeah. And I know that 
And we'll get into Marty, and Marty's known as good in qualifying and heat races, but still it's not like Marty has had mega win streaks or winning no, by no. 30 seconds in his career. Like, no. And Forkner, you're assuming he's young. He's going to just keep getting faster every year. So the potential is there. But, yeah, I was like you guys. I could not believe what I was seeing in practice. I mean, he had a crash in the corner wasn't that bad. Another crash coming out of the corner wasn't that bad. But there was another one. That, I mean, it could have ended his season right there. I mean, he went over the bars and he landed in a transition instead of landing into the face of the next jump. But I'm like, what? Yeah. This is your whole problem. Like, you just need to not do this and you'll be fine. Why are you doing this? Yeah. No, it was, it uh, was nuts. But then, like, yeah. in the main event, he was gone. And I didn't even really watch him that much. So I didn't know if he made a bunch of mistakes, but he was gone. Checked out. So. Yeah. Um, it was impressive. Let's talk about Marty. Marty, has age caught up with Marty, JT? No, no, I made that joke last week, but he, or maybe on Saturday I said Marty's showing his age or he something. He didn't look good all day. No, he didn't, um, but I will say in the main event, Amart cleaned him out, which he, doesn't help. Easy on that, easy on that. No, that's 100% true. He cleaned him out, period. And then uh, he had some sort of bike issue, too, because after the race, he was on Forkner's bike riding it, showing them what, you know, it's supposed to do and what his bike wasn't doing. Something was going on with Marty's bike. Uh, and I, I had heard, and I don't know if this is true, I heard they switched engines before the main event. So there was there was more to it, but I will give you um, your point that Marty didn't look good all day. He wasn't, you know, as yeah. fast as he normally is, and, you know, he doesn't normally qualify six or seven. So um, all around a bad day for Marty. Yeah, and I said to Peyton, I showed him the practice times where Amart was ahead of him. You know, we have this bet going on that's that's – Actually, very, very ironic that Amart and him collided in a racing incident. And um, I said to Peyton, I'm like, yeah, I like, just, just want to show you this. You know, it's a long season, this and that. Mitch is like, Marty told me. I've got all these, heat, all these qualifying poles, pole positions and all these heat races, and what have I got? And I'm like, wow, Marty getting like, deep, you know, changing strategy. But I don't know. We want The old Marty of just blazing speed um, wasn't, wasn't there, Weech. No, no. So I don't know if that's alarming, uh, if he can completely change and not be that guy and practice in the heat and then all of a sudden have it in the main. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, he might have got a podium. Yep. It's probably likely if he doesn't get – I mean, I agree with JT. I mean, he got taken out. Uh, Maybe he gets go. top three. Here and then go. there's really proof that that strategy actually works. But I was very underwhelmed. I was very surprised to not see Marty – Really looking that impressive. You know, it's, uh, in 250s especially, these guys are insane trying to be the first one out on the track in practice. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. the, the final practice, they start with a gate drop. Right. So it is what it is. But the first time session, like, they're all cheating. They're inching up, they're inching up, they're inching up. The flagger's playing games with them to try to stop them from doing it, and then that makes them try harder, which makes him try to fool them. I mean, well, I, we're going to have – they're going to be changing clutches on the start in the second time or second practice, first time practice. They're so aggressive, and then they all took off. They all battled like it was a darn moto, and then thirty seconds later, Marty took off by himself, just rolling. Um, I've gone it on was, about this before, by the way. I've gone on before about this and the, the flagger in AMA. He just he just loves it. Just just absolutely loves it. Probably tells his his wife to watch this. Watch what I'm going to do. Watch this. Watch. I control all these guys. I'm the guy. I'm the gatekeeper. Watch me. Just like shut up, like throw the flag, you know. Um, okay, so uh, Jordan Smith crashed. 
had a flat tire that got changed with maybe five seconds left to go before the car went sideways and crashed and still got second. So good night for Jordan Smith. Uh, Chase Sexton was blazing fast, crashing the heat, had to work his way up, got, I think, eighth. Probably didn't get a great gate pick and then crashed in the main. Chase Sexton, JT, was perhaps the second most impressive rider. Yeah, I mean, for for Sexton to not be in the mix uh, was a, honestly a travesty because he was so darn good all day. I don't know about a travesty. But, I, I, I don't travesty. Well, but. for what you thought going into the day, I mean, I'm, if you're going to go on this travesty because you think he can maybe win the race. But, man, I we had a feeling that, you know, bad starts or poor starts could be the difference for him. And we're one round in, and that, that was kind of the story of the night was – didn't put himself in, you know, good positions, and he got caught up in a, a crash that kind of was his fault, kind of wasn't, but that's the stuff that happens when you're in the middle of the pack, and he's yep. got to figure it out, a way to get up there, because if he doesn't start with Forkner, he's not going to see him, I don't think. Yeah, but he was good all day, you know? Oh, he was yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, I, he was I good. Mean, he was he was right there with Cooper and Forkner as the class of the field, no doubt about it. Um. But Jordan Smith, Weege, like we say, he's in the press conference. I told him, I'm like, dude, you'll take this all day long. You almost, you know, you had a flat tire, you crashed, you got second, worked his way up. Good job for Jordan Smith. So, yeah, and I think that was the debate that we all had between the three of us in the preview for 250 East last week, which is, I, I, I think we'd all probably give Fortner maybe the speed edge for the class by a hair, but Smith, the last two years has proven to be just solid. So that's kind of the way it played out. Like I don't know if Smith's going to catch him from four or five seconds behind. He was matching him briefly until he fell. Yeah, he was. Yep. But it kind of shows, like, Smith is just going to get podiums. He's just going to, yeah, no yeah. matter what you're throwing in front of him. Yep. And Forkner's either going to be the Forkner so, on practice or the Forkner in the main. JT, Smith is Timmy in 97, and Forkner <laughs> is Ricky in 97. Uh, I think Jordan's got more speed than Timmy did that year. I'm going to hang up on you right now. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> That's not a slight. I mean, Timmy's one of my best friends. I'm just saying... I think Jordan could straight up win, where I think Timmy, if everything was equal, I don't think he was quite as fast as Roncado or Ricky. He was just smarter and didn't screw up, where I, I think Jordan might he might be able to just run away from these guys if he gets out front one of these races. Whatever. Um, so Justin Cooper, second Supercross ever, got a podium late in the race, got Alex Martin. You guys really thought Amar just cleaned Marty out, just, just cleaned him out. I don't know if he went into that corner saying, I'm looking to take this dude out, but it was 100% on him. Good hard racing. Speaking of, I'm watching the race back right now, and the 250 LCQ just started. This is insanity. (laughs) It really was. It really was. I've seen eight bikes hit each other in the first three quarters of a lap. Dude, you got it. It was unbelievable. It's so much contact. Like, why don't they? Oh gosh! Why don't they? Crashes, cheese. Why don't they just throw, have another one? Like, all right, boys, we're gonna do that again. Get get up, <laughs> line up. We're doing that again. Like, there's no one left. Endo. Pass, pass a hat like arena cross days and be like, all right, boys, that was oh, here awesome. Here comes Crown. Here comes Crown. Oh god! <laughs> so you had Sam Redmond do the most classic endo ever, and then. 18 seconds later, Crown just goes straight and launches off a berm. Like, yeah. what is this guy doing? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Was it Hoosiers? Are the Hoosiers breaking? Oh, wait, no. We just had two guys take each other out in the turn before the finish. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. If you were the manufacturer for the Steve Mathis Memorial Net, 
this would be your pitch yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is what you walk in with. Yep. Um, I want to see the timing of between three insane incidents. I'll, I'll keep on talking, but okay, I'll report I'll, back with how much, how many seconds passed between four unbelievable crashes. Alex Martin right. was good, JT, all day long. I don't know why the other people that shall go nameless bet me that Kyle Peters would beat him. I look, I, I was a bit. Phil and I were a little upset that Amart lost the podium late in the race. He's a veteran. He, you know, he's supposed to be in great shape. He works hard like that. I was a little, little upset with that, but Amart was good all day. He was good, yeah. He was uh, better than I think a lot of people were giving him credit for because he not me, you know, not me. Well, okay, calm down. The word out of the practice track was yeah, steady, but maybe a little down on overall speed, and there just wasn't any real hype behind him. And I, you notice, I I stayed away from all of that. I've just seen troll too many times come in and just just troll along. <laughs> and uh, but but he was good all day. I mean, he was solid. He was fast in practice. He was good in his qualifier. He was good in the main event. I mean, that's kind of what troll does that's why he got that spot and why he gets paid what he gets paid troll's gonna troll pretty much yep. yeah i think he was much better than than 99 of the people anticipated can you believe though the whole bet well, i have a peyton over marty and troll and all of that and then they come together like you should have saw my twitter timeline it was just it's just amazing just screenshots and videos and just i'm like it couldn't have worked out any better not for marty obviously but it's just I had to laugh. Um, yeah, uh, back. I've got some stats. I've got oh, some stats. Okay. Bring it. 21 seconds between Sam Redman going over the bars, Crown launching over a berm, and then two guys taking each other out for the lead. It's three consecutive camera cuts. It is three. I, it's like you would have edited highlights. It's three consecutive cuts. The camera goes to dude over the bars, then dude launching a berm, then two dudes taking each other out in 21 seconds. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah. Simply phenomenal. Uh, Sorry, go back to your regularly scheduled Amart. No, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, when was the last time we saw Amart just knock? And I don't know how much Amart was trying to knock him down, but there's no question whether or not it was a knockdown or not. I mean, it was almost side to side contact, and and Marty is there's literally a zero percent chance Marty crashes if Amart doesn't run into him. So my my real question is, when was the last time we saw Amart really be aggressive enough to where somebody went down because of it? I, I can't remember the last time. Well, I may or may not have been texting with him today, and I may or may not – he may or may not have told me, like, I got taken out in practice, bro. So maybe the new Amar is, is, is channeling his, his vicious attack from Christian Craig a few years ago and, and, and channeling some aggression out there. I don't know. Um, I was impressed for Amar. We heard just so much about – whatever happened, it's one day at the test track or two days of the test track, like three weeks ago. Uh, I, I don't understand. Like, it was apparently epically bad the lap times. And all of the AMART preseason was based on what we were hearing from that day. And uh, yeah, he but, was really good, but actually. Who, but who so, always believed, that. Who believed in him? Who never wavered? If I AMART mean, I, was a stock yeah. coming out of that test day, you could have made oh. a fortune buying that day. Wow. I would have bought it all, and I would have my own island because I never bought into that. I didn't care. AMART's a veteran. He's 29, for God's sakes. Marty's 32. I mean, they got it figured out. All right. Um, okay. Oh, so in the case of hey, Mark, it's classified <laughs> as got it figured out. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, hey, Mark's got Very it figured out. All right, we'll, we'll mark that one down. Okay. Um, Is he stealing money from teams or no? No, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. Um, 
Christian to correct? be fair to Amart, I think it's five years with a factory ride or so. Right. Right. It, not it, not thirteen. Not thirteen. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Christian Craig tried to ride. Thumb still hurt. Couldn't do it. Bummer for him. He only had like two days on the track. He felt good, but wasn't wasn't going to work out for Christian Craig. Mitchell Falk was good until he crashed. What about Purple Rain? What about Purple Rain? In the heat. That was, Dude, that was impressive, Purple yep. Rain. Like, there was so much Purple Rain hype. It was kind of reminding me of, we joke about Carson Brown on the West Coast. There's just this Carson Brown. Yeah. Soccer moms, like, it's their child, and they're just so proud of him. These Carson Brown fans. A lot of fans of Blake Wharton, and I was like, I'll just have to see. I mean, he was essentially retired at one point. He's been hurt. Last year, I was like, I don't know if we're getting the 2014 Blake Wharton here, but uh, or 2012 Blake Wharton, probably. But, dude, he was really good, actually. Maybe we are. JT, what would you think? I thought he was good. I mean, it's unfortunate that he crashed because it kind of ruined any anything he could have done. But the heat race was really solid. I mean, that was a great ride. He did, um, he did almost die. Yeah, he almost died in the heat race. There was almost Yeah, well, he, he almost died in his main event when he crashed, too. <laughs> so, uh, It'll be interesting to see how he does. I think he has the capability of getting a you know top five or six in a main event, but he, it, you know all the stars are going to have to align to do it. He did ride himself into double points though, JT on Pulp Mix Fantasy. I don't know if you noticed he did. that. Or yeah, not. yeah. I mean, he's he's we got to remember how long that guy's been around. I mean, at one point he was kind of in that group of the next big thing. You know, he was expected to win races and be in Supercross title contention at one time. So it's been several years, obviously, but. He, he hasn't forgotten how to do this. Uh, what would you think of Mitchell Falk? Either one of you. Go ahead, Beach. Right. Sorry, I'm watching Crown just and and <laughs> Lane Shaw. Oh no, sorry, it's Remy Alves and it's, Shaw. Here comes Shaw getting ripped, run over. It's Shaw by Welton. Is he okay? Did anybody check run on, over? Did anybody oh. check on Lane Shaw? Has anybody checked on him? Oh. He's got a Formula helmet on, so I think he's okay. Oh, he's fine then. Yeah, absolutely. Never mind. Yeah. Move, move along. Gosh. Um. Yeah, it was tough for Falk. It was pure chaos, actually, for a good portion of that 250 main event. And I know the first East round is often known for that, but uh, there were moments I had Katie Clayson sitting next to me, and we eventually couldn't even figure out who was on the lead lap and who was up and who was down. There was a lot of guys down during that main. And I, don't, I think Falk had a couple of them, I think. Yeah. Osby did, yeah. Osby was impressive yeah. in practice he, uh, and stuff. So. Yeah, he crashed. Uh, in the turn before the finish, she just fell over and got up and actually rode pretty well to catch up. Um, wasn't bad at all. And then he was getting lapped by Jordan, and he it looked like he kind of tried to get out of Jordan's way at the last second and ended up high-siding before the, the triple on the far side. So it was really weird, the second one. The first one was just racing. He, he screwed up. The second one was really strange, and he was already going a lap down and kind of like flipped over the bars. It was really weird. And I actually heard from uh, J-Bone at JGR that his second crash, Amart went by him and thought he was Smith, and Amart thought he had a podium. Oh, no. Well, he did. Yeah. He, got, he got passed right before the white flag and lost the podium. So that's Phil about it. Right, but I think he thought that was for second place. Wow. He thought he had already gone past Smith, but that actually was Smith's teammate Falk right. on the ground. Um, Osby yep. was yeah. good all day. Got 13th. Was. Off, call, was Dude, fast, he looks fast. Yep. Um, I don't know. How, I missed it. Uh, Osby. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was actually impressive. Like when he's riding, he looks really good. Like we said, like he looks the part. I don't know how Covington pulled off an eleventh, but good job. 
Not crashing. Man, that heat race. So many dudes crashed. Heat race was touch and go. Is that what it was? Just he just stayed up. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I swear half the field hit the ground at some point. He told you, Weege, on press day that he was hoping to make the main, and to that I laughed and was like, whatever. But, uh, yeah, he didn't look good all day. Not at well, all. I think yeah. also, also in the main event, the whoops were so jacked up <clears throat> that he could he could double them and not lose a ton of time. Where in the heat race, you had to blitz him, and he wasn't, and he was just getting killed there. And he, I mean, he made the main event in the heat by the skin of his teeth, but he just refused to blitz. And yeah, in the, in the heat races, man, you just gotta you gotta suck it up and you gotta go. But then once it came around a little, the main event, he still wasn't great, but it it helped him quite a bit. Yeah. Um. What else? Cunningham's gonna Cunningham? Just seventh? Just no one noticed him? No one talked about him? No one said anything? He was he got, solid though. He got seventh? I watched yeah. him. I yeah. watched him. Some. Yeah. He looked good. Um. Raff missed two practices. How much would that affect you, JT, you think? Probably quite a bit, but the real question is, what the hell is going on with those bikes? Well, I don't think Hayes had Anything? any problems, did he? What's that? Hayes didn't have any issues. I, I'm just saying well, privateer Yamahas are in general have been a complete mess this year. Really? Am I missing? You, can you answer as a part of Blue Crew what's going on? I'll get to the bottom of it. I'll, I'll, we have meetings every, every Wednesday. Harrison, Hartman. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, this has been a this has been a pro- obviously the Yamahas are incredible. Like, look how good the the star racing guys are doing. But something's going sideways with the privateer side. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask at the next meeting. Fair so, enough. who was go. the who was the biggest surprise in 250 East? Weege. Weege. Who was the biggest surprise to you? Uh, I'm gonna go. I want to look at the results here because I, I can't even tell you who finished where. It was just such a Freaking uh, mess. I mean, I guess mine would be uh, Marty being off the pace. Oh, mine all day. was Marty too. Yeah, yeah you, you stole mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, mine would be Marty. Look, he crashed and again in the main, but he only had fifth or sixth place speed. Would you agree, JT? Yeah, that's the slowest I've seen Marty in years. I, I don't even know what to point to. I never saw a lap where I was like, "Holy cow, Marty's fast!" Do and you, I always say that. Do you think he needs his eyes checked? You know, as you get older, eyesight goes. No, okay. I don't. Okay. Weege? Yeah, if we're allowed to pick surprise in the opposite direction, not surprise like, wow, this was amazingly good, mm-hmm. yeah, I would do the same thing. It just wasn't Marty. Marty, unfortunately, both Martied as far as had some bad luck strike him down, mm-hmm. but also wasn't fast. It was the worst case scenario, usually fast and bad luck. This time, not fast, also mm-hmm. not bad, or not good luck. Yep. Yeah. I will give an honorable mention to Justin Cooper, and I – I probably should have known better, but I didn't. I didn't expect him to be that good. I really didn't. I thought he would be decent, you know, top mm-hmm. three, four, five, six, you know, as far as speed and result, whatever. But he's legit. Like he can win. He was, you know, right there with fastest qualifier times. Like he was, he was a real deal. And I, I just didn't expect that. I don't know why I didn't expect it, but I did. Hmm. Flying at the test track. A lot of flying at the test track. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. We were in the press conference, and I was talking about. Amart and Marty's crash to Weech. It was, or I think it was you, Weech. I don't know. Were we talking? Was it you? Maybe not. No, I think it was somebody else. That was in front. And I was saying it. Oh, I was speaking over Justin and his family or whatever. And he's like, "Are you talking about my pass on on Amart?" I'm like, "No, no, that was fine." I'm I'm talking about the Marty one. And I still don't think he thought we were. I think he because I was like, "Ooh, that was a little, little edgy," you know. So, um, I said, "No, no, your pass was fine." 
Uh, no, it was fine. Yep. All right. Uh, any, okay. Anything else? 250 wise? Ronda Dallas. Ronda Dallas? Yep. Should be hard yep. packed. Hard pack. Jerry Dome. Jerry World. So. Yeah, you wonder if it'll be, you know, we being in February, if it'll be the any softer than normal. It's hard. If it, I mean, it's always hard there, but we've seen it softer in the past. Like 2012, the year Chad got hurt there, it was pretty soft. Yeah. Yeah, at times, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Be interesting. Yep, for sure. Um, all right. Um, yeah, that's it. Cooper Webb, third, three wins. Good God. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. That's got to be the story of the season this, thus far, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? Average qualifying, two for him, 7.2. So not a not an incredible qualifying. Yeah, it's been all over the map. But it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see. Start, it's cool. I mean, the starts are... The starts are the biggest key. I mean, they're they're putting him in position, and then he's obviously making it happen afterwards. But right, I mean, every time he gets to start, he is tough to beat. Like he is relentless once he gets up there. Can you? Yeah, I was going to bring that up too because I mean, really, starts were not a specialty of his. Even when he was winning titles and races in two fifties, starts were not that good. So, and JT, I know you've got some theories there. That's just these KTM's are so good, especially maybe they got something figured out with the grade or ECU or whatever it is, but. He's turned a liability into an asset. He's probably been he's probably been the best starter on average this year, I would think. Is this where I need is this where I bring up how how awesome Blake Baggett was at starts his whole career before he got on a KTM? Dude, Baggett was horrible at starts. He was that's why it was El Chupacabra. You didn't even see him until the first, the second half of the race. Yep. Yep. Do you think Baggett yep. misses this weekend or do do we know if he's fine, J T like he, I mean he seemed fine. He rode off and all that, but I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll ride this week, but I think he'll be fine. Yeah. To to add to your the start points, anybody wants to look up how many hole shots uh, those orange and white bikes got in uh, MXGP last year? Go check that out if you want your mind blown. I don't even know. I feel like, especially you look at the MX2 over there, that's like, I don't even know what's going on. That's like a whole other level of domination. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, just uh, MX one a like little bit too. But the MX two doesn't even make sense. Yeah, the the riders are yeah. great. Don't get me wrong. So they have the best riders. But just to start, I mean, they. I commentated a few GPS last year, and we were looking at the numbers, and it was like ninety percent or over ninety percent of the whole shots were KTM or Huskies. You know, which are they're. I'm not going to say the same bike. We know it's not, but they're sharing technology, and they know you know what to do. Um, it's unbelievable, and, and that's. It's off the grid, right? They have grid over there. We have grid and Supercross here. But it's something. I don't know. I'm not smart enough. I think Honda's on the right track, too. But they've got something going on because they are so consistent with it. And it's just a sea of orange. Whether it's Bogle or Webb or Muscan or Baggett or Hurlings or Caroli, it's it's crazy. Hmm. Well, we're working on a Blue Crew a Wednesday meeting. I'll bring that up along with the heart raft situation. Okay. We'll try to figure it out. Um, Two strokes? Yeah, two strokes maybe, maybe 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 two strokes. Uh, okay. All right, that's it. Yeah, exciting weekend. Lots of lots to talk about. Lots happening, and uh, we're on to Dallas this weekend. So, fly racing, Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and uh, Maxis. By the way, MXS T tires. AJ Catanzaro making the main first main for Maxis since two thousand and two. Moto Triple X team. Nick Way. Or Lewis or Ward or any of, any of those guys. Right. We, all, we all made the main. But, um, yeah, so 
Uh, thanks to the folks at Maxis. Uh, as I said, uh, also to Alpine Stars. And uh, thank you, people, for listening. JT, Weege, thanks, boys. All right, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,